Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Whoa, what is this place? Oh my god, where are we? Oh, is that a B. Dalton bookseller? Look over there. You can get an Orange Julius, a Dippin' Dots, and an Auntie Anne's pretzel. And look over there. It's the latest fashions from American Eagle and Hollister. They even have a Megaplex. Do you think Jurassic Park is playing? We'll have to check the paper for showtimes. Oh, my God. Maddie, look over there. It's it, it's beautiful. Holy shit. Look at all those choices. Sparrow, Arby's, Subway. What is it called? It's the culinary wonderland known as the Food Court. It's episode 81. Retail is terrifying. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. I'm Marjorie Green, and I approve this message to save America, stop socialism, and stop China. Stay the pie, we honor thee from life to death. Doubters, the doomsters. The Gloomsters, they are going to get it wrong. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide? Nowhere. Because there's no one like you left. What do we want? Justice! Why do we want it? I want you to know that the movement we started is only just beginning. Sometimes, that is better. The long-standing anchor of Lakeland's only indoor mall is closing for good. I absolutely hate it. I love this store. And shoppers aren't happy with the news. So it's going to be a big loss. This location at the Lakeland Square Mall is one of 68 nationwide. The chain plans to close this year. It's nearly 70 workers are all out of a job. I feel really bad for all those people that have worked there for, you know. Welcome to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Maddie. And today we are entering into episode 81. And if this is your first time with us, we are the podcast that not only talks about horror in the movies, but also in real life, because that's what we're living every day. Every every day anymore, right? Every day it is now. Um, Andrew... Um, yeah, 80, go ahead. 81, that means um, we're less than 20 to 100 now. And oh, why do you do math problems with me? <laughs> I know. it's ni- There's 19 left. So I'm just putting this out there to the universe and to you, my friend, that for episode 100, it will be a very special thing. We don't know we're what we're doing do yet, <laughs> but it's going to be, it'll be by far the biggest thing we've done yet. There might be things happening. We will let you know about it, but we're almost to 100 episodes. That's going to be a fucking party. And yeah. if you never know. It might even be a real party somehow. We'll figure that Ooh, out. I like Anyways, what you're putting out into the universe. <laughs> Andrew, uh, what are we talking about today? So today we are entering into the world of retail. We've all either worked it or experienced it at some point in our lives, whether sure that's have. a whether that's a Karen asking for the manager, which my mom's name is Karen, so I take a little bit of that. <laughs> but um, she can also be a Karen sometimes. So <laughs> there we go. Um, or you know, we've we've kind of purchased something from our our local gift shop. Uh, we've all encountered this weird, weird world of retail. 
um, you, and especially you, mall culture. So, do you, do you know what we call Karens in Ireland? What Americans? Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, in England as well. Um, yeah, no, th- this is this is a great topic. Um, I, I, you and I have both worked retail jobs. Um, it will not surprise anyone that has listened to the show before that knows my leftist uh, ways that I'm very much behind people that are unionizing in retails. Now I'll talk a little bit about that. Andrew's got some great stuff to talk about. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the retail jobs that we have both worked. Uh, but first let's talk about the certified terrifying corner. Do we have to? Um, we do. We do. Um, if we don't do this segment, uh, we get fired. That That's just how it works. I don't make the rules. <laughs> Um, self-employed everybody so So, uh you know i'll do the light one first right so uh this week in england uh boris johnson who features in our intro music um i talked about him i think i talked about him last week i'm pretty sure maybe the week before um anyways boris johnson has announced that he will finally step down as prime minister now the interesting thing about this is uh he hasn't actually said that he's going to resign (laughs) so People are kind of like, wait a minute, are you leaving? I don't know if you're actually leaving because it doesn't seem like you're really leaving. So it is a really bit of a weird um, situation going on in England right now. He said that he's staying on until uh, a, a successor has been chosen. Um, look, we'll 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 watch and see what occurs. I can tell you. Um, in Ireland, people just love to laugh their asses off when the English fuck things up. Um, and this is one of those things right now. So weird. I, I, I loosely have been following this. And I just don't understand. Like, how can you say that you're done and not be done? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like, honestly, how how the 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 Brit the, the, the Brits aren't literally like storming number 10 and just like literally throwing him out. I don't understand, but look, they are they are a polite people, aren't they? Now on to uh, the more the the next one, which is um, arguably uh, far more serious. Um, another shooting, uh, this time in Highland Park, Illinois, just about forty five minutes north of Chicago. The Independence Day parade on July fourth, of course, uh, latest site of an American massacre. Seven people are dead. At least I think it's seven. That might have gone up. No, um, it stayed at seven. Okay. Dozens are injured, of course. Um, the shooter was a 21-year-old from Highland Park. His name is Bobby Cremo III. His dad owns a deli in Highland Park. I may have gone to that deli before. It's possible. Um, look, for those of you that don't know Highland Park, um, it's sort of a beloved place in Chicago. It's a, it's in the North Shore. It's really pretty. It's on the lake. Um, there's a festival there every year called Ravinia Festival which is a music festival. It's this big sort of like, 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 um, wall outdoor, c- outdoor concert venue. Um, and they bring in, you know, big acts and small acts all summer long through, I think October, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, everyone in Chicago knows Highland park very well. You've been there at least once, if not many, many, many times. And Highland park is part of Chicago land, right? So this one was definitely, uh, this one was, it was, you know, they're all tough to hear. This one was tough to hear for me. I, I, I immediately thought about my friends, Stephanie and Dave, because Dave's parents uh, still live in Highland Park. Um, and I thought, God, what if, what if they went to the parade with his parents? I, I called her right away. Um, I have other friends. I've, I've got a friend, Nicole, who told me that um, 
one of her, she lives in Austin now, but one of her friends was, was at the parade. Um, and she has a baby and, uh, she was sitting, uh, nursing her baby right in front of the place where like most of the people got killed. And she had to like get up with her baby on her boob and run. <laughs> like, can you imagine that? Um, yeah, Just there's one, there's insane. one really, really, really sad story about a, uh, a toddler that was, oh God, this is basically awful. found after, uh, just kind of like wandering around downtown Highland Park. And it was because both of his parents were shot, which is yeah. just awful. Um, you know, I, I also have, you know, we have, um, Todd and Todd and Michael, uh, Michael's family is from Highland Park. So oh, I, really? I, I, che- I checked in with them, but it just, I don't know. It just, it's another day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 uh... it's getting, I, I hope our listeners don't feel this way, but it, it I, I'm feeling this way, but it, it gets repetitive when we have to talk about this every time that we record, you know? Yeah. I mean, like you, you we talk about it at work, um, among other managers, like, you know, the, b- in business, you know, just, just years ago, not that long ago, like you had to be sort of agnostic about things. Right. So yeah. like, um, or not, well, yeah, agnostic. You had, you had to not have an opinion, essentially. And, you know, now in business, like, you have to have an opinion. You have to, like, make an, like a, a little speech to your people every single time. And you got to, like, put something in Slack and send them an email and reach out to people. And those are good things to do. But, like, it, it's all the time. It, it's, it's, it's so, like, it's so it, it, oppressive. It really feels oppressive. On, on on me, on you, I'm sure, on, on everybody. Because it's just like the air is just, it's so thick all the time. Like we just can't have a day where it just feels like, ah, you know, things are going to be okay <laughs> today. And, you know, look, I, I, I'm sorry, but what, whatever that, that gun bill that everyone's so excited about that they passed, it doesn't do barely anything. Um, it got, we got one little good thing done. Everything else is inconsequential. Um, and it's so inconsequential that it just keeps happening. Like the, the, the proof is in the fucking pudding. Um, and I'm just, fuck it. Like, I, I, I really hope that people are, are finally sick of both parties that, you know, that one party is a piece of, piece of fucking garbage, but the other party you're in fucking control. You're in control. Like what more do you need to get things done besides literally being in, (laughs) in control? I, I don't I don't get it from abortion to guns. The things that you could do could be right there. And everyone's just like, oh, Joe Biden, ding, ding, ding. Fuck you. I'm just fucking tired of it. It's just, it is insane. I can't wait to be an EU citizen there <laughs> dropping my pen on the table. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for the certified terrifying corner. We should move on to our main topic of episode 81, and that is retail. (laughs) Yeah. So, look, going from talking about, you know, America, uh, from guns to buying shit, um, that's what America basically is. What we love to do. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, look, this this episode is going to talk about about retail in many respects. um, So that includes, you know places like Starbucks because it's a retail shop. It includes places like fucking Target because that's a retail shop. Um, Andrew, you've got a bunch of stuff here. Do you want to go ahead and get started? 
Yeah. So um, I I first want to talk about, so when we think about retail, I I think one thing that like immediately springs to mind is like exploitation of teenage workers. Oh, totally. (laughs) Um, 1000%. And then also the minimum wage. Um, because these are the kind of jobs where people essentially are making the minimum wage. Now, now here in Illinois, the it, it, because minimum wage is no longer federally um, regulated; it's state by state. Uh, so here in Illinois, the new minimum wage is twelve dollars an hour. So I want you to think about that for a second. Twelve dollars an hour is four hundred and eighty dollars a week which which, is, which by the way andrew activists had to fight their asses off for this when when it yeah, was still yeah, yeah. when it was still Rahm Emanuel as a fucking mayor and uh that equates to uh, just under twenty five thousand dollars a year so i want you to think <laughs> about that i want you to think about that really hard and that is not take home that yeah, is right. uh but uh what, what was i saying before taxes so anything that comes out of it with your retirement with medicare with social security with taxes you're probably looking at more like twenty thousand a year yeah um when you really like break it down on the way that we're taxed here yeah um and so i want you to like really really think about that so think about the amount of money that we spend a week so i would i would say Let's see here. The average, I would say the average uh, Starbucks order is probably around $5, right? Like, yeah, sure. Um, so if you think about that, that's uh, if you got a coffee every day, that's uh, for a weekday, that's $25 a week. So that's already you're down to approximately like $350. Like, and that's just getting coffee. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. It's, um, it, it's actually just ridiculous when. We have people out there that are basically making more by posting reels on Instagram than people actually out there facing the public doing whatever job. So like, let's say, I don't know, folding clothes out of at a clothing store or putting groceries up on the grocery aisle that they're the people that I don't know. It's just it, it aggravates me more than anything that we so badly take advantage of these people that do the jobs that we expect so much from like i mean how much do you expect from like let's say a pot belly worker that we're going and just getting a sandwich for lunch we expect that we're going to be in and out of there in five minutes and it's going to take approximately eight minutes to do the whole thing but they're literally getting paid less than that per hour (laughs) you know what i mean yeah I mean, I mean, you know, if, if I can just break in a little bit here, like this is the reason why all these these millionaires and billionaires who own these places or who own the conglomerates that own the places don't want unions in their shops because they know that if there is a union that in general, um, people will get paid about 13% more than non-union workers. And usually on average, it's about $5,400 more. Um, and that's a, that's, that's money that makes a real difference in someone's life. That's on minimum wage. You know, yeah. you just said back there, like that, that equates to 25,000, like maybe you'll take home 20,000, but you'll probably take home less. Like 5,000 bucks is a lot for people. And I, I think that people really forget that. And the way that we treat people in retail jobs, which you mentioned there too, is just, it's atrocious. I mean, the the things that 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 occur to people who like make a mistake on a fucking burger, <laughs> like, 
Like, right. And people act like the world is fucking coming to an end. Like uh, how, how can you look yourself in the mirror knowing that you like yelled at somebody about your fucking stupid sandwich? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, totally agree. Terrible. I, I think that we could see that when the stimulus came through, so yeah, uh, that how much that affected people of that kind of a job that finally just said, fine, then I quit. Like, you know what I mean? Like sure. that, just that $4,000 was enough for them to be like, I, I hate this. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just something to think about. I, I mean, I, the, the fact that we don't want to make everybody richer, it's it just, I, I don't get it. I, 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 yeah, it's 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 really weird. You know, it's um, it, in 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 Ireland, it's a little bit different because like you do really make a living wage here. Like people like, and that's why when you come here, you don't tip, right? You don't tip because people make what they need to make to live. Like they're not making millions of bucks. Don't get me wrong, working at a you know a coffee shop or a restaurant or whatever, but like they make enough to live and take care of themselves. And so there is no expectation that like the consumer has to give another 20%, you know, or maybe 20% if they're a good consumer. Um, It's just expected that like, yeah, you're good. Go. If you want to leave a tip, go right ahead. I do it just because it's fun to do it here. Sometimes I'll tip them like 20 euro and you have no idea how heads fucking explode when you do that, Andrew. (laughs) Like, honestly, when when we're, when we're, when we're um, in Italy next month, you got to try it once. Just look, look at, look at the dude or the, or the woman and just say, you know what? Add 20 euro on for yourself. They will fucking go insane. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, as, as someone that worked in, I, I, I worked in retail for exactly one day at the gap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the job at the gap and the next day I found out I got another job. So I, I quit, but See ya. Um, um, just, I I can equate and maybe we'll do a whole nother episode on restaurants, but um, I can equate retail to restaurant work because it's kind of the same ilk. But um, as you're you're talking about with tipping and everything, there there are so many people that don't understand the tip structure. And there have been so many people that I've even gone out to eat with that ask me, oh, how much should I tip? And I'm like, you don't know? Like, 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 literally, how do you not know that? And how do you not know how to calculate a tip? Like, oh how do you not know how to do that? It's so <laughs> we, easy to do. And by the way, like, if you're out there right now and you don't know how to calculate a tip, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how. Take out your phone that has a calculator, put in the total of the bill, multiply it times 1.2. That's it. That's the real total with the tip. It's so fucking easy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about one of our, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe it's not one of your favorites, but it was definitely of my childhood, one of my favorite places in the world, the mall. Oh, yeah. Ours was called the South Lake Mall. We had the Grand Travers Mall. And I just want to do us, I put it, I even put it in our notes so I wouldn't forget, but I want to do a small <laughs> shout out to the China Walk in <laughs> the Grand Travers Mall because to this day, they still have the best sesame and honey chicken I've ever had in my oh life. Oh my God. <laughs> so, and I think they're still around. Um, you know, uh, Traverse City folks, you let me know if uh, China Walk has gone out of business, but I, last time I was there, it was still there. Um, but yeah, so the mall, uh, we all know it. I think, anyway, if you grew up in any sort of suburban location. Um, the mall, to me, was like a fucking sanctuary. It was like where you could go and you could go t- 
anywhere. You could go to Suncoast. You could go to um, FYE. You could go to our local candy store. It was called Gumballs. <laughs> Get- <laughs> Gumballs. Oh, my God. Um, but it, it was the place that had the theater. So you could go see a movie. Uh, it, it just literally had everything. And I think to like a young person, it was kind of like, how does this even exist? Do you know I what mean, I mean? Yeah. If If you think about it. I'm going to try to make I'm going to try to make this make sense. The mall was our internet. Yeah. Yeah. That, Do you yeah, know what that's I mean? totally true. Yeah. Like I mean we just like we you have to really put your head back back then, right? And even when we had the internet, like we didn't have smartphones for a long time. Think about that. So like people were walking around with dumb phones, but they were just called phones then actually. Um and we didn't <laughs> and we phones. didn't we didn't have we didn't have any any like constantly rolling advertisements, constantly being able to shop for everything whenever you wanted, wherever you were. We didn't have um, we didn't really have social media yet either in terms of like seeing people, seeing what they're buying and like seeing how they interact with it. Um, and the mall was our place to do that. It was it was um, it was the horror in real life version of, of the Internet, basically. Yeah, I mean, and it's where you went to go interact with your common man. I mean, whether that was, uh, you know, we had our local arcade called Pocket Change, but um, ours was called. Oh, what was ours called? Um, Aladdin's Castle. Aladdin's uh, Castle. I think that was a chain, if I remember oh, yeah. correctly. Yeah, we, we had we had Aladdin's Castle, but then not too far away was a place called Celebration Station, which did have an arcade, but was also one of those like Chuck E. Cheese kind of places with a you yeah, know with anima- and stuff, animatronic yeah. band sort of very thing that haunts you even to this well, very day and, <laughs> and honestly like i will tell you like my favorite thing about going to the mall is that i didn't have to eat what everybody else was eating like i could In the choose food court, right what i wanted to eat which was it, to me to like my young like i don't know 11 year old brain i was like oh my god this is like what I, i'm yeah. overwhelmed by choice like <laughs> you know it's not just like oh yeah because i, I mean growing up like we didn't really go out to eat that much. Sure. Like it was if five nights a week, we would eat what my mom cooked, essentially. Yeah, sure. And maybe one night a week, we would order something in like a pizza or something. And then if we were lucky on Sundays, we might go out to eat. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? So the fact that we got to go to the mall and have fucking 12 choices, I was like in my, my, my brain exploded. Without a doubt. <laughs> I mean, and you know, plus two, like, you know, we, we grew up with, with similar, you know, money circumstances. Um, it was a place where you could go and kind of dream a little bit when you think about it, like, you know, walking around and looking at stuff, you know, doing the window shopping as, as, as it were, um, it it made you feel like, Oh, maybe I could be that kind of person one day. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's the reason why, like we, like why my little chubby self loved to go on Abercrombie and Fitch though. I wasn't going to buy a fucking thing. Never bought anything. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Number one, I couldn't afford it either, but you know, just like that documentary on Netflix, you know, sort of pointed out, like it was a place like to aspire to be that like model thing. Um, and that was everywhere at the mall. And plus, too, like the mall was sort of like fabulous in a lot of ways. Like I'm, I'm looking at photos right now of, of South Lake Mall that I just looked up. Uh, and these are like vintage photos from like the 80s and 90s. And like it was fucking cool, kind of like there were fountains. There were palm trees. There was like fucking play places. Like, just, like, play <laughs> places. Like, just, like a bunch of weird shit in one giant place 
um, it just sort of it felt like Fantasia. So before we talk about kind of the downturn in, in malls, uh, tell me some of your favorite stores of, of the mall. Okay. So, um, uh, so I only worked in one store at the mall. Um, that was Bombay Company. Uh, oh, God. Is that even around anymore? Not. not. Uh, I, for, I forget what actually happened to it. But um, I got a job at Bombay Company after college when I was home for like I was I was home in Indiana for like um, almost a year before I moved to Chicago. Um, needed a job, got a retail job at fucking the mall. Um, I loved Bombay Company before though <laughs> because it just felt like the really classy furniture store. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it kind of was, although the shit was a truly a, a bunch of a bunch of bullshit. Um, I mean, it's like it's like uh, the equivalent of like a Pier One. Yeah, basically yes. Although there, there was a Pier One across the street, which, which argue, <laughs> of course which, there was, right? Which arguably had better quality stuff. Um, but I did love Bombay Company. Um, God, what else did I love? I loved uh, I loved the Gap. Of course, I've, I've got a lifelong obsession with the Gap, though I have finally broken that since there is no Gap in Ireland. Um, what else? Uh, I really loved going to the big department stores too. So mm-hmm. like going to the, like we had a Carson Peary Scott, um, which that, and for us at South, like that was like the fancy store. We yeah, also ours had, was a Hudson's, which a eventually Hudson's. became all the yeah. same thing. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, we had a Sears, we had a JC Penney's and we had, um, what was called LS Airs, which was eventually bought by Macy's. So it was, can I tell Macy's, you something Macy's, about, um, JC Penney really quick? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so for the longest time, somebody told me that JC Penny was the, the reason it was called that was Jesus Christ it was, Penny. It's it it stood for just cost pennies. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. And I believed that well into my twenties. Okay, <laughs> so, no, wait, wait. No. Did you ever tell anybody that? Like uh, Oh, absolutely. With with credulity, you were like, Well, actually that means just just cost pennies. Yeah, did you know that that's <laughs> Wow. 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 Um, Sorry. But, didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're fine. Uh, but Ayers, uh, as we called it, which once again, that, that became the Macy's Ayers was actually a really great department store. And I still remember my mom's credit card for it. Um, it was, it was like a light blue. It was like a baby blue credit card. Ah, yes. The store um, card. Yeah. It always came yeah, out during school card. shopping. All right. And so that's like, that's what mom bought everything for us with basically and then eventually it became like a gold card it was it was much much less cute um but airs was a great store god now what else in the mall was really good oh we had a suncoast so of course i loved suncoast it was like a, such a cool fucking store back then i wanted to work at suncoast so bad yeah um, and i actually reached out on twitter uh this week to to ask the Our same job. question <laughs> And um, one of our cohorts uh, over at His and Her Horror Podcast uh, yeah. actually worked as the store manager for Suncoast oh, no and said it was the best job of their <sighs> lives. <laughs> I mean, look, looking back, us two would have been fucking amazing. We, we would have been like movie characters at a fucking uh, Suncoast. Um, we had a Suncoast. We had a, a Pacific Sunwear. Of course, I love Pacific Sunwear. Um, you want to live that surfer life in Indiana. <laughs> yeah, baby. Aloha. Hanging 10 over here. Um those were some of my favorites. I know that there were more. I just can't think of. Uh, well, oh, there was um, there was a B Dalton, but before B Dalton, it was something else. I can't remember what it was called. But those kind of went out of habit after. Um, they went out of habit after. Uh, sorry if you hear my phone going off, folks on the, on the recording. Um, I hate it when that happens. When people call us during a fucking recording, it just drives me nuts. That was my <laughs> by the way. Anyways. Um, the bookstores all got like shut out by the time that uh, that Barnes and Noble came along, and 
And so like, it's not in the mall, I know, but let me tell you what, when that Barnes and Noble opened in Maryville, Indiana, my ass was there all the fucking time in that gay and lesbian section. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I approximately uh, applied to work at bookstores 27 times. Uh, they never hired me uh, <laughs> because they would give you that. I don't know if you ever applied at a bookstore, but they used to give you this weird quiz about like, how many of these books do you know? And really? how many of these authors do you know? No way. And I was like, well, I, I want to learn more. That's why I want to work here. <laughs> like, you should have just lied. I know. Um, listen, you know my you know my thing about rules and I just <laughs> rule follower over here. Couldn't do it. But yeah, same with me. Uh, I tended to gravitate towards the bookstores and the movie stores. Obviously, look at what I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, definitely B. Dalton. Uh, definitely Suncoast, as you mentioned. Um, what I always thought was like the exotic store was Hollister. I thought that that was like, well, oh, I, God, I, I, I can't be a Hollister person. That's way too... <laughs> crazy for me because it's so dark in there <laughs> um and uh later on we got an uh, fye which fye you know bless you but your prices were so fucking expensive i remember fye yeah um and then uh if, if people don't out there don't know what fye is it was like a cd and movie poster type store basically yeah um i think one that what's the, what was the gag gift place i'm trying to remember. oh spencer's spencer's gifts spencer's. i forgot about spencer's oh my god where you could go and get all of your weird posters and gag gifts god, how did that <laughs> store last for that long i think it's still around holy <laughs> shit oh my god um and all for all you goths out there it was hot uh, topic hot topic um that was the place that my mom told me not to go into because of all the piercings oh my god <laughs> but anyway so all of that to say the malls are dying and or dead yeah. probably where you are because of things like amazon because of things like online shopping because of um conglomerates kind of um bringing on you know if you think about what target used to be target used to be just like basically clothes and housewares and now it's like everything it's everything like you, can, you can get everything at target um which i, I i'm not uh, saying anything bad about target, yeah, but the, i'm just saying like that's why malls have kind of gone by the wayside because these big stores have brought everything that the mall had into one oh, for sure area it, it was it was it was really weird when i moved here because um i realized just how much target plays a role in our lives to be honest yeah yeah, we we the closest thing that we have to Target in in Ireland, and I would say honestly, like in Europe in general, um, is Marks and Spencer, which I I'm a Marks and Spencer fucking fanatic. I love that store. Um, that's as close as you can get, and it's basically it. Just not, it's missing a bunch, but yeah, it's, it, it comes pretty close to it. So uh, that all being said, uh, you know, the COVID-19, obviously, pandemic kind of exacerbated these issues uh, it, 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 due to like kind of like the stay at home orders, everyone being a little bit more nervous about going out, masking mandates, all that kind of stuff. Uh, a number of huge retailers that, you know, we grew up with kind of had to file for bankruptcy sure. during the pandemic, um, including Brooks Brothers. 
uh, GNC, JC Penney, Lord and Taylor, and Neiman Marcus all yeah. had to file for bankruptcy during the COVID nineteen. Uh, American malls that have permanently closed during uh, and, and and have literally cited the pandemic as kind of like the factor include the Northgate Mall in Durham, North Carolina, the Cascade Mall in Burlington, Washington, and the Metro Center in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So. What does this mean? It means there's a huge empty building literally just doing nothing. It's wasting yeah. away. So what do we do with these structures? Do we do we just we make them into insane asylums? <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it past us. Um, <laughs> no. Um, so th- these are now referred to as dead malls. Um, and occasionally they are redeveloped. Um, yeah. They can look like uh, I, I, we had a mall in, in Traverse City that went dead very early on, like in the late 90s. Sure. And, because a new mall opened, of course. <laughs> so everyone went to the new mall instead of the oh old mall. Um, I distinctly remember saying that when I was young, like, oh, we're we going to the old mall or the new mall. But um, basically what they did with that mall is they converted it to a shopping center. So basically took all of the insides and just made them all outsides. And sure. Kind of put businesses in there. Lifestyle centers. Yeah. So that's kind of like the most popular. But they're now starting to get a little bit more creative with these things there have been um education so schools put in these which i think is really interesting um open air shopping centers uh it's it's movie theaters um i'm trying to think uh, if there's anything in my notes here that um so there's an example in fairfax county virginia where the old springfield mall was converted into the springfield town center which is a now a mixed use development that includes 12 screen movie theater shops and restaurants with outdoor seating and entrances which kind of what i what what i was alluding to with my my topic before but it is really interesting um there's also a new movement with amazon fedex and dhl kind of like rehabbing these areas for distribution centers yeah um there's also which i think is like a genius idea there there's an example um of this concept in the vacant macy's in the landmark mall of alexandria virginia which has become a temporary homeless shelter during the pandemic which great idea i mean that's let's use why temporary let's just make it permanent for god's sake i um, if it's funding that that's what it is but um i i think that what's but, but but even that andrew like like once again to take it back to fucking politicians like in the news this week after we've already given uh, the, the, to take it in a complete tangent i know but think about this we just gave ukraine 40 billion fucking dollars to buy fucking weapons and then this week another 400 million on top of it to buy some more fucking weapons for their own war so just to get this straight, we can support another country at war, but we can't like make a big homeless housing structure. You know what I mean? It's just it boggles, of, of, boggles of, my of fucking a, brain of a dead structure. Yeah, like, nothing. Right. Nothing is in there. We're not using it for anything else. Ugh, <laughs> driving me nuts. But yeah, that's that's retail. I mean. I, I hope that any of our listeners that work in retail are getting. Uh, it, are getting the respect that they deserve because yeah. it is a job that is, you know, quote unquote essential. Um, and, and I don't even mean quote unquote. I mean, it, it is essential, essential it, 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 and thankless. Yeah. And th- that's respects. the perfect word that I was searching for. Yep. The thankless, thankless job. 
of of working kind of retail. And the reason why when you walk into a I don't know, anything store, it looks any sort of nice way. It's because the people that work there. So, yeah. hey, everyone, treat everyone with a little bit more uh, respect and just a little bit more kindness. And I think that that will go a long way in this little tiny world. <laughs> Agreed. Fucking retail. All right. <laughs> Should we take yeah. a break? <laughs> yeah. Let's take a little break. Um, and we'll come right back with everyone's favorite segment, What You Been Watching? Bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome to a great segment. It's called What You Been Watching, Bitch. What you been watching, you retail bitch. So listen, get 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 that off the shelf for me, retail worker, because we're gonna talk about some, some movies and shows that we are watching. That is what this segment is all about, is literally what we've been watching. So Andrew, you tell me first, bitch, what have you been watching? So I have been doing a little bit of catch up on some some movies that came along that I maybe had missed. Um, and so I watched the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Oh, I forgot about which this. Is now, That's right. It's now available on HBO Max for the people that that subscribe. Um, old was interesting. Like we here on the show have never reviewed an M Night Shyamalan movie, and so we need to. I don't, we need to. Soon. Yeah, we have one on the docket. I, I'm not going to allude yeah. to what it is, but um, um, I I kind of fall in the. I, I I think that he has his ups and downs. Like I don't think oh, yeah, like a lot sure. of people out there are like a lot of people out there just have condemned him to like, oh, the shitty M. Night Shyamalan movies. I don't necessarily do that. I, yeah. I do think that there are merits in a lot of his movies. Um if I had to rank like where I'm at, I'd probably say like Six Sense and Signs are at the oh, top for sure. and the happening is at the bottom. Or <laughs> or maybe like for um, me, I think at the bottom would be Girl in the Water. I don't even remember oh, that movie if I'm being totally it's, honest. It's really but, um, bad. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so old is all about this family and they're they're going on vacation to like an all-inclusive resort. And um one of their excursions is to go to this very like isolated beach and like just spend the day with a you know a couple other couples sure. and just like hang out at the beach. Um and then they soon realize that there's something weird going on and they're rapidly aging. And that's all I'm going to sure. say about the actual uh, the movie because obviously it's in my, I'm not a Shyamalan movie. So there's a lot of twists and turns. Um, I, I, I like the story. I, I really did enjoy the movie because it, it's filmed beautifully. I mean, we just talked about a perfect getaway and it's got that um, aesthetic of like very bright colors, very bold filmmaking. Um, and, and the overall story is good. The dialogue, though, is so weird. I can't huh. even explain it to you. Like, I was watching this movie and I kept looking over at Michael and being like, wait, what did they just say? It's just it, the dialogue was so weird. It took me out of the movie. So for me, old is kind of just like in the middle. Like, it's not a great M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's not a horrible M. Night Shyamalan movie. But overall, it didn't break okay. anything for me if that makes any sense interesting um yeah you know i i, I look not every m shamalite i can't i can't speak today shamalite <laughs> not every m night shamalama ding dong as i call him um film is bad that's just not what it is uh i think that uh there's 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 
there's really some great stuff that he's done. And while some of some of the films aren't always a hundred percent, like they get me to at least like eighty percent. You know what I mean? Um. Anyways, I appreciate that he at least tries. Yeah, I mean, look, like, he is he is a, a really inventive filmmaker. He is sort of like the in, he's almost like the inventor of the big twist with with you know fucking um, Six Sense. Um, and guess what? Six Sense still fucking slaps. I still get fucking scared when I watch that movie. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Um. Anyways, my first one. Uh, guess what? It's gonna be a rehash of stuff that Andrew's already talked about for the most part. <laughs> and here's why: because I got I got hey. back from England, and literally I haven't had time to watch like fucking anything. Um. So no, this this actually makes me feel like you listen. Well, to me, yeah, so of course, I appreciate this. I list. do. <laughs> um. Okay. So the first thing that I watched, uh, I watched it on now. Um, was White Lotus. Um, White Lotus, man, what a show. Um, it is, uh, it's fucking crazy. Um, the people make you want to jump off of an airplane without a parachute. Um, and, uh, it reminded me a lot of going to Hawaii as much as I did, if I'm being honest with you. And, um, that is what a lot of Americans are like. In Hawaii. And a lot about retail. And too, a lot about retail in, too. In yeah. Um, look, I, I thought the show was really, really good. And um, I thought that the characters were were insanely nuanced. Um, the uh the the black woman that plays Belinda, I, I can't remember her name right now, fucking fantastic. The guy who plays Armand, wild, wildly good. Um, what's her face? Uh Tammy, Tammy Taylor, what's her fucking real name? What's her name? Good to be the coach. Uh, What's her name? Yeah, I, I can't, I can't think of it right, right now either. <laughs> she was wickedly good. So was Steve Zahn. So was this person. So was that person. Um, I just thought it was good. Now, I, I will tell you, if you haven't watched it yet, I finished the show um, and it really, um, I didn't expect to be as like affected by it as I was, to be honest. Like I was definitely like, I was a little almost like freaked out at the end. It's, it's, I was I was really angry at the end. If I'm being it's honest, really, it's it is it is a show that you don't realize is going to be as dark as it is, and that last scene um, when they're when the boat is I mean it's, it's not really giving anything away, right? When they're when they're when the the new boat of of travelers is coming over to to the hotel, and Belinda just like looks up and just waves. Oh my god, I I was I I couldn't take it almost. It was insane. So look, White Lotus, you can watch it. You watched it on HBO, right? Didn't you? Yeah, yeah. HBO yeah, on the yeah. states is on now here. Highly recommend. Yeah, just be prepared. It's a very aggravating show. It, oh, it will it will <laughs> make you so angry. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. Um, so um my next one is I just watched it last night. Last night in Soho, I am so, so sorry that I slept on this movie for so long. This movie is fucking incredible. It is so good. I it's it's Edgar Wright. This came out probably around like October, November of last year. Um, I just didn't get a chance to go see it in the theater, and now it's finally on HBO Max. And I can tell you, if you need a good movie night and you want something that's like not only like speaks to your soul, but also like freaks you out. Like this is the awesome. movie for you. It is. I I don't know what I was putting this off. Is, it was. This so is good. good to hear because this is literally what I'm going to watch tonight. Oh my god, you're gonna love it. You're gonna fucking love it. it. Please text me as I you watch will. it because I want to know your thoughts. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I, that's all I want to say about it. It's it's really about this girl who uh, enrolls in fashion school in London, and she moves down there, um, and she has uh, a psychic ability to be able to tap into past lives. Um, and then she starts to live a past life, and that takes her on a whole journey. And that's all I'm going to say, because everyone out there, if you didn't think that you should you know you're like oh i don't know it looks a little stylized for me because that's that's a vibe i was getting like kind of like the uh um i don't know uh, what was that guy who did um romeo and juliet baz lerman all those i got like baz lerman feels and i'm not like that's just like not my bag nope no offense to anybody that likes those things but like that over stylized it's just like not for me but the way that Edgar Wright does it in Last Night in Soho is so integrated with like a modern story that it pff, that's all I'm gonna say okay. just watch it watch Last Night in Soho Fuck yes god I cannot <laughs> wait to watch that um okay next one for me is oh well I'll save that until the end because we have the same one um next one for me is Hacks season two finally got to watch it um, it was almost like as soon as we talked about it on the last episode, it became available on um, however I watched it here. Now I think, it and you watched it all in like oh, one it was day. now. No, actually, no, 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 it wasn't now. It was um, it was Amazon Prime. Actually, it was on Prime. Um, fucking look, I can't get enough of hacks. Like I know one day it has to end, but I also hope it never ends. I just I adore this show so much, and I thought season two was equally as incredible as the first one and and i i I can hardly even believe that that that's even possible um you know the 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 main difference with this one is that they take they take the show on the road so they're on the bus this whole time which you know just lends itself to a bunch of fucking hijinks um you know you learn so much about these characters that that are you know on the surface they're really awful people in in a whole lot of ways but they're also great people in so many ways and they just i think what's so great about the show besides the fact that it's really funny and all the actors are good is that it reminds you that humans can still surprise you. You know what I mean? Totally. um, I almost cry thinking about that. Like in a world where just everything is so disappointing all the time. I mean, it really is, (laughs) you know, like things are good. Things are good. Like my life is good. Your life is good. Things are good. But isn't life also just a pain in the ass every day? You know what I mean? And yeah, no, it's like uh, it's like getting soggy fries in your in your uh, from five guys. But like, you know, in this case, like it just shows you like this, like this little grace of people just showing you like actually how how good they can be for a moment. And I don't know. I just I think it's absolutely lovely. I, I this season was just so good. I'll stop talking about it. Hacks. Find it. It's good. My my favorite part of the entire season was finding out that um, she was obsessed with gas stations. Like <laughs> yes. I am obsessed with gas oh, wait, stations. Wait, wait, wait! One more thing on this too. So in one of the episodes, um, Jean Smart, uh, what's her fucking character's name? Paul, uh, uh, Van, Deborah Vance. Deborah Vance. Um, part of her tour is is a gay cruise tour. And she's like, yes, gay cruise to her. Can't wait. I'm so excited. And then, and then Margaret Cho yeah, shows then Mar- up. Margaret Cho shows up. She's like, oh, Margaret Cho, how's it going? And she's like, oh, it's great. I had a bunch of time with all the ladies. And and Jean, Jean Smart is like, ladies? And she goes, yeah, it's a lesbian cruise. And then the camera just goes to her face and her jaw drops. And then the fucking like horn on the ship goes off. I got to tell you, I could not stop laughing. It was so well-timed and well-done. It was brilliant. It was so good. Yeah, I totally agree. Hacks is fucking 
bonkers good. Um, Another great uh, comeback, uh, Only Murders in the Building is back on this. It's also Uh, on my list right now. I can't wait to watch it. Did you watch the first season? I can't remember. I did not. Honestly, I don't really remember ever hearing about it and then all of a sudden it was there so maybe i, I just it just huh. was not on our radar over here i'm not sure um so uh i watched this during the pandemic obviously uh and so now that it's back for like kind of like same thing with hacks like they had to take like an extended time off and you know coming back um season two picks up literally right after the events of of season one so it's a it's a full continuation of of the kind of story um what i will say is i i really really like the second season we're about four or five episodes in i think selena gomez is great i think um steve martin's great i i who's the third guy why am i blanking on i think martin short is kind of annoying i mean martin martin (laughs) short is kind of annoying all the time isn't he and I think he's meant to be, but it kind of grates on you a little bit, if I'm being honest. Um, but overall, I'm really liking it. I'm wondering where they're going to take it because I, I don't want to give anything away because you haven't watched any of it. But um, one of the main uh, tenants of their building uh, is found to be murdered. And now they're trying to solve an additional murder that happened in their building. Um, and so and and they podcast about it. So, you oh, know, fun. As as. As a podcast, I feel like we have to talk about a show about podcasting. Oh, that's so. fun. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that for sure. Okay, I guess. What's your oh, third, third one? My third one. Uh, my third one is Love, Victor. Um, yeah, finished it. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sad to see it done. Um, I do feel like this season felt rushed a little bit, which, I mean, let's face it, it was because they knew suddenly that it was going to be the last one. They probably had more things planned and they were like, great. Now what the fuck do we do? I feel like this could have been five. Seasons, yeah. If I'm being like, honest, I don't know this, this season, it was not my favorite for sure. Um, it is what it is. I thought last season was way, way better. Um, look, it still told a good story about young queer people, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was both sad and disappointed at the end. And you look, you know, things, things are wrapped up. That's good. Everything, everything has a nice bow on it. I just, I don't know. I wish, I wish that they had had more time to play the story out. Yeah, I can agree with you. I mean, I think I alluded to on the last episode that they gave so many stories to so many characters that it kind of felt like, oh, this is going to keep going. And then they announced that this is the last season and you're kind of just like, yeah, everything's, you know, tied up with like a loose bow, but could that bow be tighter without a doubt yeah Yeah. for sure (laughs) so but yeah i i I really enjoyed love victor if you want to hear my thoughts on it you can listen to the last episode but um uh i'm just it's just one of those shows that i'm really sad to see yeah me too um just because i I like that cast so much but and now look we have the same one for number four and so does everybody in the u.s because it broke like a billion hours of of like streaming this week which is insane but um it's stranger things season four volume two which is essentially like five hours of entertainment it's it's, like bonked into like two episodes it's a lot of fucking screen time for sure 
what were your um, initial thoughts? Let's try not to spoil anything. I mean, I feel like people have already watched it at this point, but um, yeah, I mean, we can try to keep it as spoiler free as possible. I'm going to be honest with you. If, if you have not watched it yet and you're worried about spoilers, like, come on, you know better. So go go put in the time that the rest of us did and get it done. Anyways, um, yeah, look, I, I thought it was really good. Um, I, there There are... You know, there there are always some parts of it that I with Stranger Things where I'm like, can we stop that particular theme already? Like the thing for me that I, that I maybe I'm getting a little bit tired of is just like how it goes helpless hero, helpless hero, helpless hero with with Eleven. I'm 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 really hoping that that's I that's, that, that that's yeah. over now. Like enough. Like we've we've had enough of that. She's fucking like she's gone through the ringer now for good now. So now in season five. No more of it. Like, let's let's move past that and find something new to do. The other thing, too, is that if they... Oh, I can't say this. It's a spoiler. I won't say it. Look, I will I will end what I'm saying just by saying um, that I enjoyed it and I had fun. I really did. I, you know, it's... it's it's Once again, just like with, with Volume 1, it's so good to be back with the old gang in a way. Um, and, it, you know, I, I will say horror Twitter, you know, of course, did its thing. And, like, people just have to hate things that people like <laughs> which i was like you know what everybody can you shut the fuck up like guess you know what people like they like stranger things you know what gets people into horror stranger things got some news for you so if you really love the genre give it a fucking rest you know what i mean oh yeah for sure um yeah i had a lot of fun with it uh we watched it kind of in like a a two-day thing because it's so fucking yeah. long but um i i the only thing i'll say about stranger things is i wish that they were a little because at this point like we've built up an audience we've built up a fan base to a, a certain extent yeah. uh, to like a, a huge extent i wish that they would trust their audience just a little bit more with either getting rid of characters or what happens to characters because I feel like every season we are introduced to certain characters and you're like, well, they're the disposable yeah, one. Yeah, sure. And once again, they kind of proved that and that's not spoiling anything, but it's it's gotten to a point where you like you feel like certain characters are protected so it takes a little bit about uh, of the suspense away when they're in peril. Um, so I wish that they would just I get, get that. a little braver. Yeah, I, get that. I, I just wish they would get a little braver with their storytelling and with, with their story. But overall, fucking whoever is in charge with the music integration so of good. Stranger Things, you are a fucking genius because every single uh music interlude that they play up for the story, and in uh, this one we introduced Metallica, but not the Metallica you probably thought. And so, like, just like having that in there was whoever picks these songs, yeah. they're just they're fucking killing it. They're killing like, it. I mean, look, it's like, like I, I've loved Kate Bush for as long as I've been alive, um, but I really love that. Like, kids, and I do mean kids, are like learning about Kate Bush. Like, they would have never heard any fucking Kate Bush. I've got some news for you. And as like somebody who was now at the age where I'm talking to my coworkers. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to see Rufus Wainwright tonight. And they're like, uh, who? Who's that? Um, that's what that's how old I am now. It's nice to see people like learn about the stuff that is actually cool that is from back in our our old days. You know what I mean? And like an essential queen of the queers, let's be honest. Totally. Here. 
So, um, yeah, that will do it for what you've been watching, bitch. Maddie brought us White Lotus, which is on now in the EU and on HBO Max in the US. Hacks, which is on HBO Max. Love Victor, which you can stream on Hulu. And Stranger Things, Volume 4, Season 2. Or... <laughs> we, get it, we get it. We get it. Season four, volume. Scratch that. <laughs> reverse it. Uh, Andrew brought us old on HBO Max, and I'm sure other things as well. Uh, Last night in Soho, uh, which is on HBO Max, but also on um, also for me, it's on now, and I think also it might even be on Amazon. I don't know. I got to look at that again. Um, Only Murders in the Building, which is on Hulu. Uh, it's also on Disney Plus, and Stranger Things season four, volume two on netflix and folks that does it for this edition of what you've been watching bitch we'll be right back with our first film look up because it's night of the comet did you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on earth we're talking ghost town who would you see there's nobody i mean there's nobody Ah! what would you do hey i'm sorry if the end of the world makes me a little nervous Where would you go? The stars are up ahead! Well, get ready to find out, because the comet is coming into your orbit. The legal drinking age is now 10, but you will need ID. Let's be real. It's the night of the comet. What do you give me if I come back? Texas. Night of the comet. I'll be taking requests from all you teenage comet zombies. The night the teenagers ruled the world. Night of the Comet. The garden of civilization is on us. Fiction, isn't it? Look up. Do you see it? I think tonight might be the Night of the Comet. Andrew, tell us all about it. Night of the Comet. One night, a comet wipes out most of life on Earth, leaving two valley girls fighting against cannibal zombies and a sinister group of scientists. Directed by Tom Eberhardt, written by Tom Eberhardt, production was handled by Atlantic Entertainment Group. Regina is played by Catherine Mary Stewart. Doris is played by Sharon Farrell. Larry is played by Michael Bowen. Samantha is played by... Well, Kelly Maroney, which you'll see again. Soon. Uh, Hector is played by Robert Beltran. Carter is played by Jeffrey Lewis. Audrey, who you'll again see a little later, is played by Mary Warnoff. And Oscar is played by John Acorn. Rated PG-13. This was released on the day I was born. On the- <laughs> 1984, uh, coming in at 95 minutes, mostly filmed around Los Angeles. Uh, budget was only 700000 but it grossed around $14.4 million. So kind of weird that we didn't see Night of the Comet 2, if you really kind of yeah. think that. All right, Night of the Comet, Maddie, was this your first time with this uh, 80s sci-fi romp? Just want to mention, too, that um, it was also filmed partly in the Sherman Oaks Galleria, where Chopping Mall was also filmed as well. So <gasps> Shut lots up. Of, I did not yeah. even see that. Yep. Ju- just the mall scene, of course, um, which which is what's, you know, it's it's pretty, pretty quick in, in general. But I mean, like, it's it's funny how many similarities there are. With how did we these do this? Movies. I have I no just idea. Wanna- I want to tell our listeners, we picked these movies out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, out of obscurity. We had no idea how much they shared. <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah, this was um this is my first time watching it. Um you know, like I always struggle with the movies that are sort of just like you watch them and you're like, oh, you know, that was fun and weird and silly. Um, because you know, I'm just not a fun person, Andrew, as you as you well know. Um, I'm a I'm a really boring person who only thinks about sad things. Uh, no, I'm joking. I mean, like, look, I, 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 I appreciate so much about this movie. I appreciate how ridiculous it is. Like, I mean, some of the lines in this movie are just, I mean, fucking ridiculous. Oh, uh, you mean like you were born with an asshole. You don't need Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, or fucking, uh, what do you call it? Um, Oh, what was it? Uh, there goes the neighborhood. Uh, yeah. That one was or, ridiculous. Or Daddy would have gotten us Uzis. <laughs> yeah, right. Or um, or what's the one that the guy says? He's like, it's not that I don't care. It's I don't give a fuck or something like that. I can't, I can't quite remember what it was now. Um, I mean, look, it's 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 a fun movie for sure. And like when it comes to you know nostalgic movies, of course, like people like that shit. Like I get it. Like it it, it was a nostalgia little bomb for me. Um, but in general, like by the time that I was done with it, I was just like, what, what just happened? Like what actually occurred here? Um, so maybe I didn't like it as much as you, I would say. Yeah. Uh, so this was actually a first time watch for me. I I had only heard about this movie. This, so that's kind of why I picked it for our retail um, episode. Um, but I had always, it was always one of those movies that like I always meant to watch, but I just never got around to it. Um, so I am happy that we got to watch it. Um, I, I thought that this movie kind of took me completely by surprise because it kind of starts as like a adventures in babysitting kind of, uh, I don't know that vibe like that yeah, eighties, like, sure. like adventure movie. And then by the end of it, it gets so dark and like oddly like twisted that yeah. I was like, Oh shit, this is like, this is more serious than I like thought that it was going to be with a movie about two valley girls surviving the apocalypse you know what i mean yeah no for real um i i thought it was really interesting the way that they opened it there's like a comet coming to obviously it's night of the comet but uh there's like a comet coming to earth and the um the overhead uh kind of voice is telling you and this was the night the visitor was returning and i was like oh an extra christmas present this year through the tale of the comet yeah, this could also be, you know, this maybe is a Christmas movie because <laughs> oh, oh, you know, by the way, I forgot to mention when I when I was first speaking, um I, I this was not available for me in in the EU, but it was available on YouTube. Just mm. flat out YouTube. So I actually just watched, I don't know, someone recorded it and uploaded it, I don't know, whatever. Um so if you haven't seen this before, you can watch it for free on YouTube. It's there. Oh, good. Um, I paid $6 for it. So. <laughs> um, uh, I thought it was interesting that um, we're introduced to kind of our main character um, and then her boyfriend, but her boyfriend is dispatched with so like, he's just like gone. And like, oh, she doesn't very quickly. And she doesn't even really care all that much. <laughs> like, no, I, I mean, hardly at all, which is actually, you know, it's it's interesting. It it another sort of like um, cognate in Chopping Mall, and I won't go too deep here because we're not talking about the, the film yet. I know, but like like look, the, the, in in that movie, they care when the people die, but just barely. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. We'll they move there. along, and they're like they're like cheering and laughing, and pretty quickly right after their friends get killed by a robot. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, uh, my favorite uh, kind of pairing are Samantha and Doris, who are played by Kelly Maroney and Sharon Farrell, who plays the stepmother. Um, I they have an they have an obscene scene early on in the movie where they both slap each other, and then the one the mom punches her daughter, <laughs> and I mean straight up decks her and like throws her to the ground, hits her. It was really yeah. intense. Um, I, I, there's just like this movie, it starts in such a weird place because everyone is like, it's like fucking Y2K all over again. It's yeah. everyone is out in the streets, like not sure what's going on, but everyone's partying anyway. Um, and the comet comes and it literally turns everyone that was outside to dust. Um, and anyone that was even a little bit exposed is slowly is going to turn into kind of like this zombie ish character because. Apart from the first guy, we don't really see a full conversion to zombie. It's kind of like everyone's in the in-between. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's another thing about it, too, is that, like, the zombie thing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's <laughs> not know? a big portion of the movie. Yeah, and and thankfully so, because, and, which is also kind of strange, because it, it, it is, it's actually such a short portion of the movie in a lot of ways. Because um, what we only see... How many zombies do we actually see? We see the first one. I under, we see the from kid. What I remember, it's only the first one and the kid. And there's no more? There's no others? Not that I can think of right now. Everyone's kind of in the in the in-between. Like, they're slowly turning into them. I see. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it is a pretty small part of the movie. Um, and, you know, thankfully so, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, if I'm being totally honest. Um, but that's, you know, that's okay. Um, yeah. The, the, other, the other thing to mention here, too, of course, is that the doctors, there's like this group of doctors. Do they have a name, Andrew? The group? No, but they're like a like underground bunker like right, type of sure. people. And so they they go in the bunker because you know they they know that the last time this comet came was when the dinosaurs got killed off. And so they're like, hmm, maybe we should go into a bunker uh, just in case people get killed. We won't tell anybody that, but we'll just go do it ourselves. So they're all down in this bunker. Um, and they all survive. Yet they also somehow still get sick. Um, well, it, she she does say that it was a mess up that somebody left one of the ventilation shafts open. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that part. So that's so, why they're like slowly turning into the, the zombies. Yeah. Uh, it, it's highlighted in a scene where uh, she is writing down her thoughts and she actually spells memory wrong. Uh, oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah. That's like how she knows that like something's not right. So their solution to, to this is to bring in survivors and strip them of all of their blood so that they can come <laughs> up with a serum to cure them. So I, this is what I mean by the themes of this movie are so much darker than on the surface of things to yeah. where you have a kind of government conspiracy thing like in this like very like raunchy 80s comedy sci-fi horror sure. movie like it's 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 highlighted like perfectly by the two kids that they bring in that are survivors yeah sure and there are two lady scientists that are kind of telling them like nope we're not going to give you any shots don't worry like everything's fine but uh, by side glances you see that they're like well actually we're going to kill these kids so that we can cure ourselves which is sleep and you'll be with santa claus it's so when you think about it it is just so fucking dark like, yeah. i don't know um i i thought it was funny so the two girls kind of um they 
Kelly Maroney's character, Samantha, wakes up and has no idea what's going on. Like she is vapid and dense or you know whatever you want to want to call her character but um she has to like be basically be told by her sister like literally this is our our dead mom right here in this dust like this is the guy she was having an affair with in this dust and she finally has like a a moment of like clarity and she kind of has like a little bit of a breakdown and then what do they do they go to the mall (laughs) they go to the mall Like, they like gotta go every, get their retail like, therapy on. <laughs> like every uh, you know youngish girl wants to do, they have to go shopping. Um, and then uh, and they also go to the radio station because they hear a um, pre-recorded kind of like radio program that's that's on. Um, and that's where they run into Hector, which uh, <laughs> is really funny because they're kind of both going after Hector because he's quote unquote the last man on earth. But I do think it's funny that um, Samantha says to her sister, well, what if he's gay? Uh, you know, the last guy on earth is either a gentleman or a fag. And yep. I'm quoting that. I don't like use that word, but that's what's yep. in the movie. But And, and honestly, that was uh, it was a surprising moment in the movie. And I don't mean it was surprising that that she said the word fag. That was not surprising. What was surprising, to be honest, and I don't know a much I don't know much about Tom Eberhardt because um, he is the one who wrote this. What's surprising is it was actually handled delicately from the start, right? I mean, yeah. and you have to remember, like, fag was not a bad word back then. Everyone said it for God's sake. So that's just that's what it was. Um, put put yourself in that mindset for 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 a moment. Um, the way that she said, I I can't remember what she said. What if he's gay or maybe he's gay? That's what I was surprised to hear. I was surprised yeah. to hear that the way, and especially that it was in 1984. Said. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, there's some other good lines in here. The guy in the mall, um, he says, "I'm not crazy. I just don't give a fuck." That's what um, it was. Which I was yes. like, yeah, that's that's you know that's where I'm that's where I'm getting. Um, uh, there's a there's really fun like little music cues in this movie too. If you like listen to the music, it kind how of like, about uh, okay. So how about in the mall when they're doing girls just want to have fun and it's clearly not like the Cindy, Cindy Lauper version. I know it's like. <laughs> I, I was actually I was actually watching um, a YouTuber, a, a horror YouTuber, because he did like a little like um, run through on, on the movie, and he was like, "What is this? The karaoke version?" It was it was, it was actually <laughs> really funny. Um, it that was such an odd thing. I I wonder how. I mean, clearly it must have been cheaper for them to get some other version of it, obviously. But like, I wonder like how that worked. Like, how much cheaper was it? Had to yeah, it's got to do something with licensing or something for sure. Um, oh, one thing I forgot to talk about was uh, our main character, Regina, is obsessed with the game Tempest, which uh, if none of you grew up Tempest. in the 80s arcade culture, was a very hard game that yeah. nobody played because it was so difficult. Um, but she's obsessed with having all of the high scores. Uh, and she's playing it one night because she works at the local movie theater. And there is one person by the letters of DMK, because if people don't remember this, you used to put your initials in as like the top score. Oh my God. Also, um, Andrew, that reminds me, do you did you ever go to DMK Burger in Chicago? Oh, so good. Oh, so good. I miss DMK Burger. It was so good. Anyways, go ahead. Um, and so she sees that number six is now DMK instead of all of her initials. And so <laughs> it's her mission in the movie to to get him out of the spot but i will highlight don't little, worry that um, will come full circle later everybody yeah but i i do want to highlight a little mistake in the movie because it's clearly a top 10 <laughs> yeah. so dmk is number six so 
even if she won the top six spot, he would just move down to seven. Exactly. But it doesn't do that in the movie because <laughs> movie. Um, but that's just like one thing oh, that really God. bugged me about it. Um, also, one thing I did. Doesn't, doesn't Catherine Mary Stewart remind you of Linda Hamilton a little bit? I was getting somebody else. I was getting Allison. Oh, Allison from, Janney. <laughs> no, Allison from Girls. Allison. Oh, oh, um, uh, Williams. Michelle, yeah, Allison uh, Williams. Yeah, Allison yeah, Williams. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? I see that too. Um, and actually, I had the same thought. Come to think of it, but for for a moment, I was when it, when the movie opened, I was like, "Is that Linda Hamilton?" And then I, and then I also <laughs> thought, "Wait a minute, is that is this Get Out? Allison Williams? Oh my god!" Yeah, I know. I, I totally. Um, I, I will say that I think that maybe Stranger Things borrows a little bit from this movie with the upside down, um, because of like the red tint of the of L.A. I well, don't know how they got L.A. so empty. Well, the <laughs> other this thing movie. too is there's actually th- this movie a- appears in a lot of other movies. Um, they were talking about uh, that same YouTuber was talking about how in 28 days later they actually pay uh, homage to this movie. Uh, because the first car that Killian Murphy comes across is an empty Mercedes on the highway. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that, that crazy. So yeah, that, that and you know, kind of the DMK comes full circle at the very end because um, <laughs> Regina and Hector form like a weird family with these two kids that they saved from the research center. Uh, suddenly, keep in mind that yeah, and suddenly they are like the like like they're like Mormons all of a sudden. They're like going to church or something. <laughs> so weird. Um, and, uh, they won't cross because they're good rule followers like myself. <laughs> they won't cross until the crosswalk says walk. And Samantha, uh, Kelly, Kelly, uh, Maroney's character is like, why the fuck do you care? And she's like dancing in the middle of the street. Like just, there's nobody else here. And then who shows up? A guy in a convertible. And, <laughs> and what does she say? She was like, oh, I, I really like your car. And the guy goes, oh, good. I have 23 of them. Which <laughs> because <laughs> so weird. Um, and what does his license plate say? DMK. Yeah. So he's, oh, he's it DMK. D- Danny, Danny Mason Keenan or something like that. I think something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This, this was a weird one for me because, uh, there's even talk there's even like a weird talk about abortion in this movie and uh pregnancy and like teen pregnancy because there's a conversation where um he's asking the scientist is asking our main character regina if she's ever had um any sort of disease like have you ever had leukemia have you ever had this because basically they're, they're wanting to make sure she's healthy so that they can use her blood for their serum um and she and he asks, you know, are you pregnant? And she says, "No, but I thought I was once. It was the worst three weeks of my life." And I was yeah. just like, "Wow!" Even eighty four, like we're sure. still talking about this. Um, I I thought th- so. We have our character, our main scientist, um, um, Audrey. Very interesting character because she starts to understand that she is basically turning into one of these zombie characters and so what she does is that she fakes killing samantha because they she knows that if she doesn't fake kill her that they're going to actually kill her um so she gives her like what what is it sodium potassium something Something like that yeah um to make her seem dead um and it's a really striking scene because you literally think that you're watching this character that you've been following the entire movie who's arguably the most likable character of the movie dying right in front of you yeah. like literally 
right in front of you. And thankfully you find out later that she's still alive. Um, and then Audrey just kills herself, which is like, again, a very dark moment in a very light film. Um, so I don't know. This one was interesting. And at the end of the day, that's kind of just left open ended. Uh, a, a storm comes and kind of washes away all the human dust <laughs> in its, it's like orange rusty yeah. dust. Um, and then you're kind of just left with these characters uh, kind of wanting to assimilate back to the life that they once had is what I'm kind of, I guess, assuming um, they, they never really had that life though. I, I think that they're, they get to create their new ones now, I guess, you know, interesting. Yeah. Um, and we never, I, I was, I was surprised that we never got a definitive answer on their father because they talk about their yeah. dad so much and they talk about how he was an army guy and he taught them all how to like do survival stuff. And that's why they're good with guns and like, all this stuff, but we never even get like a confirmation that he died in the comet or if he's alive or any. So I, I I have expected them to try to like call him at one point and him like die over the phone or something, but like nothing ever really happens with him. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yeah. A couple things about the movie. Uh, It was originally going to be called teenage mutant horror comet zombies. (laughs) A little less, a little less catchy. Um, one of my favorite things about the the uh, the trivia in this film is that the waving clown that you see in, in some of the earliest shots. Oh my god! Looked, I'm so glad you brought this up because it was yeah, so creepy. It looked really familiar to me right away, and of course it was because it's from Pee Wee's Big Adventure as well, um, which I, I'm obsessed with that movie. Um, so it's the same clown, which is kind of cool. I'm into that. Um, also, Mary Waranov initially doubted the film would have any longevity, saying in 1986 that it, quote unquote, is not a cult movie at all. It's a fad movie. And she went on to explain that the film, uh, quote unquote, will date very quickly because it's about valley girls shopping at the mall and the bomb. It's not ahead of its time. It's not behind its time. It's just a combination of in elements. Huh. I think she's proven wrong. Well, that's fine. She's she's proven herself wrong on this. Well, Andrew, tell us, what did you rate Night of the Comet? And give us your main takeaway. Yes, here at Friday the 13th, we rate on a seven-stripe scale for the seven stripes of that gay old rainbow. And I gave Night of the Comet a five. I had a ton of fun with this movie. I thought it was dark. Um, I I thought my main takeaway was uh, with what starts as a flamboyant 80s romp actually gets pretty dark and deep. I actually really loved it. I, I lifted my rating a little bit. I gave it a three and a half, so it's right in the middle for me. Um, and I said, ah, what, huh? This movie was so strange. How did it make a profit margin so huge? Also, if I am ever subjected to the sound effects of an Uzi again, I will jump out of a plane without a parachute. <laughs> I, well, that does it for Night of the Comet. We will take a quick break and be right back with Chopping Mall. They broke into the mall for the wildest all-night party of their lives. They're dead meat. But you're never alone in the chopping mall. What's that? Robot life. Where shopping costs you an arm and a leg. 
thank you. Have a nice day, as the robots say. Maddie, tell me all about Chopping Mall. Tonight, Park Plaza Mall switches on the world's toughest security force. Absolutely nothing can go wrong. A group of teenagers that work at the mall together, uh, get together, pardon me, for a late night party in one of the stores. When the mall goes on lockdown before they can get out, the robot security system activates after a malfunction and goes on a killing spree. One by one, the three robots try to rid the mall of the intruders. The only weapons the kids can use are the supplies in other stores, or if they can make it till morning when the mall opens back up. Chopping Mall was directed and written by Jim Wynorski. Uh, it was produced and distributed by Concord Pictures. Allison, played by Kelly Maroney. Ferdy, by Tony O'Dell. Rick, by Russell Todd. The never-ending gum-chewer Mike, by John Treleski. Linda by Carrie Emerson, Susie by none other than Barbara Crampton, Greg by Nick Siegel, Leslie by Susie Slater, Paul Bland by Paul Bartell, Mary Bland by Mary Waranoff. The film was rated R. Uh, it was 77 minutes long, uh, American, of course, uh, released March 21st, 1986, filmed at Sherman Oaks Galleria and Beverly Center in L.A., Budget of $800,000, and I could not find any gross uh, gross take-home info on that. So that is Chopping Mall. Andrew, tell us what you think. Chopping Mall. I had definitely seen this before. This kind of this is a kind of movie that lives like in infamy if you're like a horror person. Uh, it's like one of those movies that you constantly see uh, memed and oh, kind yeah. of gift and like whatever um, or gift, whatever you want to say. What? <laughs> but um, no, this so this is just one of those like it falls and, and this is no surprise. It's it's it Roger Corman movie. So what does Roger Corman expect out of a movie titillation and violence? And so that's kind of what you get. Um, What's interesting about chopping Mall for me is the amount of care they took to um, like make the robots real because these are actually robots. They, they, they move at like eight miles an hour. I think I remembered reading Um, and they actually like made these things for this movie. There's even shots where, uh, the, they're going up and down the escalator where a stunt person had to basically wear a robot suit and go up and down the escalator because the actual robots didn't fit on the escalator. Um, so I don't know, this would, this one's weird and we'll, we'll get into it. Um, but overall I still have a lot of fun with this movie. Sure. Do I, do I think it's like the most like cinematic genius of a movie? No. (laughs) Um, but like. I don't know if anybody if anybody ever watched Are You Afraid of the Dark, uh, the the series on Nickelodeon. I can only think that they took the episode entitled "The Pinball Wizard." Uh, uh, Chopping Mall had to have been a huge influence on that episode because a lot of the same themes sure. and, and everything show up in that episode. Um, but overall, I mean, put Barbara Crampton in anything, and I'm probably going to at least like it, if not love it. So sure. um, we got to kind of go from that uh, that baseline for me as an audience member. Uh, overall, I had a lot of fun watching it. We'll get into some of my struggles with the movie in, in a little bit, but overall, still had a great time watching it. What about you? Uh, yeah, you know, I had fun. I, I think that my biggest uh, beef with the movie is that it just gets old. I mean, it's just... It's it is for such it's a short movie. Yeah. yeah, for such such a short movie, it feels very long because it, it literally is just the same thing over and over and over again. 
And uh, you know, I, I I thought a couple of things about it when I was watching it. First, I thought, huh, this feels like a play. Like it really does. And I, I don't see know, that. I don't know much about Jim Wynorski or the co-writer Steve Mitchell. Um, but I sort of wonder if they wrote plays because this feels like a play and it was almost even filmed like a play in some ways. Um, and the other thing that I thought was it was just, it just seemed really long. I mean, I had fun with it. It's a ridiculous, insane movie. Like, you know, the description says that they, they have to find whatever they can find in the stores. I'm like, yeah, they found a fucking M16 and like shotguns. Like they yeah. were doing just <laughs> fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 really fun. Uh, I think that everyone does a good job with what they were given. Like, I mean, these are really annoying people. I mean, fucking Mike literally never stops chewing gum the entire time. And you can hear him chewing the gum. And it drove me up the fucking wall, which I presume is what the intention was. He was also really cute, too. Um there were also just like some weird things about the movie. Like, like I forget which guy it was. It must've been Rick, I suppose, probably Rick. Um, he had a really weird accent. Didn't you think? Uh, I guess I didn't pick up on it. Oh, it was, it was so odd. Um, I, I thought that Ferdy was actually really cute. The nerd. Um, they're all, all the guys in this are really cute. Let's be Oh yeah, here. totally. But fucking Mike, Mike was really, Mike was really hot. Um, you know, this is another one where there are a lot of really funny lines. Like, if you listen closely on the loudspeaker during one of the scenes, they say that somebody comes on and goes, pardon me, we have a lost child in lingerie, which I thought was really funny. Answers um, to the name of Steve. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, then, like, also, there, there's some funny things, too. Like, when when they're having this party... Um, which also like is pretty lame. Like they all work yeah. there and they're going to stay at work in a furniture store with like three, like there's like five of them basically. And they're just going to like hang out. There. Listen, Barbara Cramden says they're going to have good times to the max. So <laughs> yeah, you know, it was to the max, but then like later on, it basically becomes just like an orgy essentially. And it's so weird. It's it almost so weird. It's like, um, it's almost like a key party, like kind of yeah, thing. Like, like it's call, call me crazy, but I can't fuck that close to my friends. Like I can't. Well, do and that. like the fact that he's like, you smell like pepperoni, and then Barbara Crampton <laughs> gets all like weirded out, and he's like, but I like pepperoni. <laughs> and then she's like, and then she's like, well, I guess I'm into it now. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it was funny. I forget who was who was doing what, but like one of the girls was getting head from one of the guys, obviously, and like he's under the covers and. She goes, you know, I don't allow that. And I was like, you don't want to get eaten out. That's well, are you insane? This is obviously written by men. So <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and then of course, over on the couch during that, there are the nerds watching a horror film, of course. Um, and while they're, while they're watching the horror film, whichever one it was, it was some like creature film. Um, they hear in the background, somebody who's clearly having sex go, Oh God, Oh God, you're the King. It was ridiculous. Um, I love to, uh, the janitor was really great. Dick Miller uh, returned yeah, to us Dick Miller. from gremlins. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was great. And like that whole scene with the robot was just kind of amazing. And then somebody says, smoking's bad for your health. Right. When, um, right. When his body is clearly smoking on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, like, look, this is a movie about robots who just go fucking amok. That's the movie. You yeah. can't stop them. They're unstoppable fucking robots. That's why it's so repetitive because they try everything until finally um, they have to explode 
a paint store. <laughs> that's yeah, how well, that's how they kill it. And it's funny because I think why it's so repetitive is because there's three robots and they have to like kill each Get of them. Get rid of all like, three. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like why it seems to be. But, but the, what the movie does really strangely is it gives extra plot for certain characters but not others so like yeah, sure let's see like so we have uh who is it mike and Susie, or no i'm sorry mike and leslie um who's played by Susie slater um they're kind of like the vapidest of the group like sure, they're yeah. first to go they don't really have much story besides mike is the one that's getting beer which later on in the movie the one guy says i'll pay back for the beer but it's not mike so a little, little bit of a weird, yeah, sure moment, continuity. Um, um uh, but then, then they have these other two characters. So Mike and Linda, who are not even the main characters, they're kind of the side characters, played by Russell Todd um, and Carrie Emerson. Which Russell Todd, welcome back to the welcome back to the program from <laughs> right, Friday totally. the Thirteenth Part Two. Um, but uh, I, I, for some reason, I have a really big thing for Russell Todd, but don't tell anybody um <laughs> um but um they give them such like a unique backstory of like how they are newlyweds and they're starting their own business with this tune-up shop and there's even a moment where she you know they turn to each other and they're like with all the destruction that we did in the in the mall how much do you think we're gonna owe them after all this and they like calculate like how many tune-ups they're gonna have to do to like pay back the mall and i was like why are we talking about this? And why I know. This have so much more backstory than Ferdy and uh, who is our main character? Rick, right? Yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Ferdy and um, Allison. Greg, right? Oh, the, Greg, 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 Greg. Yeah, Greg. Um, it, It's just interesting to me that they that Rick and Linda get the most backstory, but they're not even the main characters. And like you actually like I, I don't know about you, but like I felt really bad when Susie died. I felt yeah, really totally. bad when linda died like listen i mean they, they let her fucking like get roasted on the goddamn ground and they don't help her at nobody, all. nobody does anything well and if you remember when she's in the uh in the duct when they're kind of crawling through the yeah sure uh, air duct she says i don't want to get french fried by these guys and then that's <laughs> literally what happens to her and i was like oh no <laughs> yeah i mean that was it was it was honestly kind of disturbing that like nobody nobody helped her well, even our even our head exploding, which is kind of the the that's what everyone talks about with jumping yeah, sure. mall is is this head explosion, um, uh, by Leslie. It's even I, so she gets her head exploded by lasers that also <laughs> that also just kind of like burn people. So oh we don't God. really understand the the strength of. Also, they have lasers. Well, they also have plastic explosion explosives in their <laughs> arsenal, and I'm like, who gave these people? Um, but what I wanted to say about uh, what I feel bad about Susie Slater, and I, I don't know if she had a bad um, like a uh, reputation or if she had like pissed off the director or whatever. But we have a montage at the end that shows like all of the characters, so we get like Barbara Crampton. We get yeah, blah, blah, blah. Sure. it's like they show that like, their face and like they're like smiling oh, was she, was she not there the no she was but it's of her head exploding oh, oh my god <laughs> she doesn't even get like a real headshot it's like of her head exploding i mean that is um, kind of funny um and she also has the backstory of like her dad owns like the local like galleria type, yeah like clothing store and they never really go back to that either and that's like that's one of my biggest things about chopping mall is that there's so much open-ended at the end of it yeah so, sure 
the very beginning, we get a good 10-minute presentation about what these robots are, what they're supposed to do, like how they work. You know, we get like a, a formal presentation, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, and and in the audience, there's there's two characters, Paul and Mary. Uh, and Mary is the scientist from Night of the Comet, which I was uh, like, of course, where where why, <laughs> how are these people? And then also Kelly Maroney is our main character from Night of the Comet. So I don't I don't know what the relationship is between these movies. And now that you said that they're the same mall, I'm even like more oh yeah stupefied in my brain. Um, but we're getting like running commentary from those two characters. We're getting the scientists kind of presenting the robots and then they never show up again in the movie ever again. Yeah. They're just gone. Completely gone. Like they weren't even a part of it, which is just so strange. Um, But yeah, like you, I I do think that it gets a little repetitive towards the end and you're like, what are they going to do to actually kill these robots? Because they've tried flames. They've tried guns. They've tried exploding an elevator, like (laughs) a little bit of all of it. So um, yeah, overall, I think like, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, But I think there are just so many, little things in this movie that make it kind of like this cult classic like there's a part where rick says let's go send these fuckers a rambo gram (laughs) or yeah the guy that literally is in the the restaurant at the beginning and just says waitress more butter and then it abruptly cuts right after that i know what is going on (laughs) i do just want to point out that nothing gets chopped in this movie true now that I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. There is no chopping. Yeah, they get they get robot armed, but that's not really like chop. that's not a chop. Um, I do think it's really funny when the robots put up their little arms and they like kind of like dance a little bit. It kind of reminded me of Johnny Five from um, Short Circuit. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I like that uh, Leslie is like camels. You know, I only smoke virgin virgin lights, <laughs> not Virginia lights. Virgin lights, so, so dumb, <laughs> incredibly dumb. Um, I, I there is a funny part where um everyone's trying to shoot at a gas can to explode it, and nobody can hit it. And then uh, Kelly Maroney shows up and hits it in one shot. And <laughs> and the one guy, uh, our our main nerd guy, is like, "Nice shot!" And she goes dad's a marine i know totally <laughs> and, and it, it comes up again later like one, one of the popular guys is like hey nice shooting back there i mean it's it's a movie that is definitely built to be ridiculous like nothing about this movie is is necessarily really serious do you know what i mean like except for the deaths like that's where I, that's like that's where it's yeah that's like where it's where it's weird for me is that like i want it to be like a flippant like uh ridiculous movie but then like you actually do start to care about some of the characters because of the backstory you're given and sure. when they die especially i'm just thinking uh barbara crampton's character specifically you're, you're given so, she's the best friend she's given so many lines she's given like a build-up to a character and the way that she is dispatched by literally like flaming on the ground like struggling and asking, burning like, like begging for help from her friends is where i kind of get like mixed up in my brain with the um just kind of like the overall vibe of the movie because you're like taken out of it you're it's it's i i want to not care i want to think it's funny that they get their head exploded but at the end of the day when you know linda gets killed right in front of her husband and and he like sacrifices himself to try to like kill the robot you're like holy this is 
once again, darker than you're expecting. You know totally. what I mean? I mean, look, the, the film is without a doubt, uh, uh, it is, an, um, I can't think of the word right now, but it is, it is skewering capitalism for sure. And, yeah. and, and, and consumerism. And I mean, look, like if, take out all the silliness of the movie and just look at the premise and like, you know, it, it's not that far off of real life. If you think about it, like, yeah, it's weird that there are robots that can kill you if you like s- steal a necklace from the store, right? But there are also cops that kill you for, you know, selling cigarettes outside of a store or, you know, they kill George Floyd because they think that he like passed a bad check or something. You know what I mean? Like these are the things that actually like really do happen in like real life now. And think about the reasons why those people in real life were killed. They're absolutely they're ridiculous. Like Nobody had to be killed for that. And it's the same thing with this. Like, you know, they have that that commercial at the start when they're, you know, showing the 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 robots for the first time. Like, you know, a guy steals a necklace out the fucking window or whatever. Why they had the necklace there, I don't know why in the first place. Um, and like, you know, this fucking thing comes along and just like tases his ass. But like, you know, think about like the lasers in its fucking head. Like, right. <laughs> whoever said that it was going to be okay to kill people just because they're stealing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, the evolution of the violence with the robots is mind boggling. When you think about it at the end of the day, like there is Entirely. no reason they have, there is no reason they need a flamethrower. on <laughs> This robot. They don't. I mean, the robots have so much on them. It's like, what are they, it's, is it fucking Terminator for God's sake? Like, what the fuck is this? But yeah, I mean, overall, I still have fun with it. It's just, it's oh, it's of kind of a mixed bag when it comes to themes and tone. Um, but Maddie, what are some of the fun facts around Chopping Mall? Sure. The director, Jim Wynorski, did the voices of the Protector Robots. Yeah, um, I read that they ran out of money, so he had to yeah. do it on his own. Um, Kelly Maroney did, did her own stunts. That's pretty cool. Um, the film was allowed to shoot at a real California mall, Sherman Oaks Galleria, once again. Uh, as long as they did not damage any facilities and they removed any traces of their presence before the mall opening time of 9 a.m. While the mall's head of security didn't like the filmmakers and was constantly accusing them of causing disrepair, the mall's owner was supportive of the film and made sure the production was able to complete its work on schedule, which took 20 days. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So no surprise, like I said earlier, this is a Roger Corman film, which is, it's kind of a weird mixed bag with Roger Corman films, but something you can always look forward to is like extreme violence and boobs. And Um, you get it here. (laughs) Um, I do like that though, when um, uh, Leslie is like, when I'm happy, everybody's happy. (sighs) She like pulls down her shirt to like expose her boobs. A little Um, bit of boobs there. Yeah, a little bit. Jesus, a lot. A lot, um, actually. <laughs> quite a bit. Um, yeah. So, Maddie, what did you think overall of Chopping Mall on your seven stripe scale? And what were your final thoughts on the film? I gave it a four and I said, look, it's fun and silly, but it's also boring after a while. It's the same villains, the same kids, the same fight over and over. Great nostalgia, though. Because of Russell Todd and because of Barbara Crampton, I bumped this up to a 4.5. So just a little ahead of you, just because I do think that there's a little more under the surface that I wasn't expecting. And I said, listen, is is this movie good? I don't know. But I have a lot of fun watching it. It does get a little repetitive by the end, but I still had a great time. 
Nice. Well, folks, that wraps up the horror in the movies section of the show. We're going to be right back after a break, and we're going to come to you with our final game, How Much Did It Cost? Here it comes in the Bob Barker studio at CBS in Hollywood. Television's most exciting hour of fantastic prizes. The fabulous 60-minute price is right. So welcome back, and we're going to play a game called How Much Did It Cost? So Andrew, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you just some some common items that we have today and that we also had in the 80s, right? Mm. Ask you, I'm going to tell you what, what these things cost today, and you're going to take a stab, <laughs> get it to horror podcast, I said take a stab, uh, at what it might have cost in the 80s, in 1985. You know, I've always wanted to be on The Price is Right, so I feel like it's a dream come true to play this game with you. Game. So, uh, also, folks, this this uh, information comes to us from the good folks at AARP, the American Association of Retired Persons, of which I will be a member in just 20 short years. How about that? Uh, and who have also uh, uh, <laughs> who have also donated to this episode. They are the representatives of this episode. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. They are our new sponsors. Um, okay, so Andrew, first thing is this: a first class U.S. postal stamp. So a first clamp, a first class, pardon me, stamp today is 55 cents. In 1985, what do you think it was? 29 cents. You're very close. It was 20 cents. Uh, mm. The price actually rose to 22 cents in February of that year, but it did start at, uh, at 20 cents in 1985. Now, the next thing is this, a movie ticket. So, Andrew, on average, believe it or not, this is, <laughs> I can't believe this is the average price. Um, the average price apparently is $9.16. I thought I was supposed to guess. Today. No, 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 no. That, oh, okay. that's, that, that's the cost today. So in America, on average, it's $9.16 to go see a movie. What do you think it was in 1985? Well, when I worked at the movie theater in approximately 2000, it was $5.25. So in a two decades earlier, I'm going to say it was like two twenty-five. So the average price was $3.55. Believe it or not. That was kind of close. Yeah. Um, Now, if you adjusted that for inflation to, you know, to like do it today, it would be $8.65. So the cost today is well above that, uh, uh, the inflation adjusted price. Thanks, Marvel. Right. (laughs) Now, this one's a little bit different because, you know, vinyl is is back in a lot of ways. People do buy vinyl fairly regularly now. Um, The average cost for a record album today, so a vinyl album, is about $26, believe it or not. Um, So in 1985, what do you think it was? Nine ninety nine. It was five dollars and ninety seven cents for an album. Wow! Uh, if you adjusted that for inflation to today's money, that would be fourteen dollars and fifty four cents. Now, uh, here's one that we don't really have very much anymore. So, um, it's a Sony Walkman, right? Mm. So, okay, today, so a tape, but a tape player, a right? tape player, of course, yeah. So you can't really buy those today, but let's just say that you bought a digital version of a Walkman, right? On average, it's going to cost you about 220 bucks. So in 1985, what do you think a Walkman cost? Uh, probably like 30 bucks. 
uh, was way more than I thought. It is uh, anywhere between $69 and $99. Oh in my stores. gosh. No I way. Know. Isn't that crazy? And if you adjusted that for inflation, it would be $168 today to $241 today. Uh, next one here is a concert ticket. So on average, uh, concert tickets today, this does not surprise me, uh, they cost $91.86. Too right? much. They cost right. too much. <laughs> so back then in 85, <clears throat> what do you think it cost? Oh, gosh. A concert ticket? Probably like 25 bucks. You were kind of close. It's $15.13. In today's cash, that would be $36.85. The last one we'll do here is a Honda Accord. Oh, so no. <laughs> a Honda Accord, you can buy that today if you bought like the base version, right? For about $24,000. Off In the lot. Yeah, off the lot. In 1985, what do you think it was? Oh, gosh. Oh, probably like, I don't know, 9000 bucks. Oh, you're not far at all. It's $8,845 for oh, a wow. Honda Accord. I, that- that was yeah. actually way closer than I thought. Very close. <laughs> and in today's money, that would be $21,000, uh, $21,544. Also, I love me a Honda Accord, as you well know. So, Andrew, well done. You made some good guesses there. Um, looking back at those prices, it's actually kind of funny, isn't it? It's weird. Yeah. Well, and it's also funny when you like, for inflation, that would be blah, blah, blah. But all of the costs that you listed for nowadays are higher than that. Yeah. <laughs> So listen, folks, that ends our episode. We've got a little bit of housekeeping to do with you. Let's talk about it. The first thing, Andrew, is guess what? You and I are going on vacation. Isn't that nice? Yes, for the first time in a long time. (laughs) It'd be really, really great. So folks, what we're doing for August uh, is uh, since uh, we are celebrating my birthday, my weird 40th birthday in Italy, um, and then Andrew and Michael are off to Greece, and I'm off to Croatia, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, We're taking the month of August off from recording. So we're going to uh, re-release some of our very favorite episodes for you with a little bit of commentary. So look forward to those coming out in August. Um, You know what? Everyone needs a hiatus now and then. You got to rest your voice. You got to rest your brain. So we'll miss you while we're gone, but we'll catch you on social media for sure. And we'll be back just in time for everyone's favorite time of year, the fall. (laughs) Spooky time. I can't wait. Spooky time this year. Oh, my God. But yes, um, also, we are a part of the Dread Podcast Network. So if you are not familiar with any of the other shows, you can head over to dreadcentral.com and find all of the great shows on the Dread Podcast Network. You can also call us, uh, if you would like, on the Friday hotline at 872-208-3119. Call, leave us a message, make it weird, we'll play it on the air. Yeah, and if you want to support us in any other way besides just listening, because that's what you're doing right now, um, <laughs> you can uh, become a patron on Patreon. Um, we're not great at Patreon, I'm going to be honest, but if you want to help support the show by just giving us a, like a dollar, like that's very much appreciated, and it literally helps us keep going. You know what, Andrew? Um, you know what I just found out about page- Patreon, by the way? I just found, I, I didn't know about this podcast, but there's a podcast called Red Scare. Do you know about this? These two girls, they're very annoying. No, I don't, actually. Oh, my God. So, actually, the, the two girl characters in White Lotus, they're based on these podcasters. It's a very annoying podcast. I listened to, like, five minutes of it. I had to turn it off. Do you know how much they make on their Patreon? Uh, do I want to know? I'll, I'll, listen, I'll tell you. $30,000 a month. 
What? Yep. And so, listen, people, the way that they do that is by doing exclusive shit and like putting it behind a paywall and blah, 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 blah. You know what we do on this show? We never do that. We're actually one of the only horror podcasts to not do that. And we are very proud of it. It will always be that way. So rest assured that your hard-earned dollars that you give over to us um, to, to be the fiduciary of, we put them right back into the show. Um, so every little dime or penny or $50 also goes very far. Like literally, we have a uh, a Friday uh, <laughs> a little banking account. Yeah. That, like literally, we don't touch unless it's for the show. No, so yeah. like the if you want to help just support the show, we really appreciate it. But no, if you don't, if you can't, you don't need to. But it, it, also... Oh, go ahead. We're, we're yeah, going to say the also, same thing. Good. Yeah. But also, if you do want something to take home, if you want like a little uh, gift to take home, you can buy merch on our store. Uh, it's easily accessible by just going to fragate13.com slash support, and you can get to the link from there. And also, please remember to leave a review. I won't say any more about it. Just go leave a review, please. Um, we, we've but, harped on it enough over these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and Andrew, after they're done leaving a review, you know what they can do? They can come with us and they can get, get slayed. slayed. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network. The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earn great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash USBP.